Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization and security in government, underwritten today by Duo Security. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in this week's episode, we're talking about securing a remote federal workforce and how agencies can more confidently support their federal employees and contractors who suddenly find themselves having to work from remote environments. Our guest today is Sean Fraser, Advisory Chief Information Security Officer for the federal government at Duo Security. Sean is a veteran system engineer dating back to the days of Lotus Development, Netscape, Opsware, and Mobile Iron before joining Duo Security, now a part of Cisco Systems. Sean, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Wyatt. Good to be here. We've had a number of conversations on this program about the importance for government agencies to take a zero-trust approach in allowing access to agency resources. Now, suddenly, we're finding that approach really being put to the test at scale as the nation and indeed the world comes to grips with the coronavirus and just the need for workers everywhere to work remotely. So you've been on the front lines of helping agencies move beyond the use of physical PIV cards and using alternative approaches, including multi-factor authentication methods to verify users' identities. What's your take on how prepared agencies were in suddenly needing to accommodate a much more expanded remote workforce? Yeah, that's a great question. And as a 20-year telework veteran, I've kind of seen this come full circle, right? I've seen it from where we've, we've had challenges around technology as being enablers for telework to the point now where we've actually got technologies who can be strong enablers. So zero trust is certainly the connective tissue for security, making speed to security very important which is very important when you're really thinking about continuity and agility. So one of the things we've really been dealing with is we now have cloud services. So agencies can move very quickly to scale up, scale down services that they need for their telework environment. Zero trust allows us to not forget the security in the bargain. So working remotely is one thing. Getting access to all the applications and resources that employees need remotely can be another thing. Given how suddenly federal agencies have had to mobilize, what are the basic tools they should have in place now to ensure remote workers feel like they're getting trusted access to everything they need? So I think you have to kind of start with the basics. So you, you look at, you know, what are most workers doing in teleworking? Most are doing collaboration. So you start with Office 365 collaboration platforms like WebEx, WebEx Teams, Slack, uh, whatever technologies that people use. And you also look at, are there on-prem technologies that have to be used? Do I need a VPN to get to them? So you kind of look at every technology or every application you're doing independently and figure out where can I get 80% of my benefit in, in kind of enabling these technologies to be telework enabled. Things like single sign-on technologies help. Obviously, multi-factor authentication is key. I kind of consider that the basics and the basic hygiene of telework security. Also look at like DNS protection technologies, making sure that, that the network that they're working in, even though with zero trust, we don't really care so much about the network. We still want to make sure that there are protections in place that are easy, that are not getting in the way of users being productive. So all of these things kind of enable users to be just as efficient at home or wherever they work in a telework sense as they are in the office. Well, I think you'd agree with all these remote workers now logging in from a lot of different places and a lot of different equipment and all the diverse systems that they're relying on underneath. That presents a lot of new opportunities for hackers to exploit. What's your advice to agencies to actually scale and fortify their security controls in this more dynamic environment? And realistically, how quickly can agencies layer on these added controls? 
So I think the first kind of thought process for people is that the attackers are already there. Whether you're in your inside network or whether someone's sitting in a Starbucks or sitting in their home office, the attackers are all around you. And a lot of that is because of the cloud world we live in. So a lot of the services and the workloads we do are now in the cloud, That the attackers are right there with us, right? They're kind of in the network neighborhood that we're in. So making sure that you're applying those consistent technologies, again, I mentioned things like identity protection with multi-factor, endpoint posture assessment, making sure that the endpoint connecting to something is the one that you trust to get access to the corporate or the agency data are all important. And you need to be able to do this at scale and at speed, meaning you can't take months to deploy it. It's got to be able to be deployed and be just as agile when you're thinking about continuity as when you're thinking about security. Can you point to some examples that you've seen in the public sector where IT departments have been able to implement these kinds of security controls relatively quickly? And in spite of having you know, a vast number of users relying on a lot of disparate systems. I would say I've got tons of anecdotal data. I won't mention anyone specifically because I don't want to name names, but there are a lot of agencies, both on the civilian side as well as the the DOD side, who are moving very quickly right now, probably quicker than they ever have to provide these capabilities to folks who are like myself in California, sheltered in place, folks who are kind of forced to keep the lights on, do the day-to-day work and activity in their environment and do it at scale very quickly. We've got many, many examples of organizations who are scaling up to tens of thousands, in some cases, almost a hundred thousands of users in a very, very short period of time. So, Sean, how are agencies dealing with the need to continue supporting a PIV security system as well as alternative identity and access management authentication systems? That's a great question. I think, you know, I pay all homage in the world to PIV because I think PIV was great and a great enabling technology 10, 16 years ago, Um, but we're in a much faster moving world now. And I think agencies are struggling a little bit with how they provide that speed to service, speed to security, utilizing PKI in a PIV infrastructure, which is one of the reasons why the OMB and others have provided guidance. I know the new OMB memo came out um, talking about how you should leverage alternatives. The ability for security to enable you to have continuity is important. So while while PIV has, still has its place, we live in a very PIV slash PKI world. You have to have an, you know alternatives to that that can enable your security to move faster. Well, agency leaders are obviously dealing with a whole host of issues uh, well beyond just supporting their remote workers as they try to really keep focused on their missions. Why would you say it's so important still to prioritize identity and access management solutions in the midst of all this? I would think it's it's crucial and critical to do that in any kind of event. Obviously, again, first and foremost, we're thinking about continuity and keeping the lights on. But I would argue that security is one of those basic tenets that have to be first and foremost in our minds, part of our DNA uh, as we have these conversations. So being able to do that quickly is important because I think one of the challenges that folks think about is, is security going to get in my way or is security going to enable me to move faster? And I think that to the extent that security can enable you and be an enabling technology to move faster is important. So I think making sure that we're kind of ready for that. And also, you know, when we get out of this, right, we're going to get to the point where this might become a more normal environment where we have more teleworker, right? You look at at traffic situations in in my area, in the Bay Area and in DC and Atlanta, there is a kind of a market argument for the fact that telework probably is a better thing for generations to come. Finally, Sean, looking forward in the world of identity and access authentication, what do you see coming down the pike that should help agencies be able to implement these kinds of new standards more easily? 
So I think we're in a great spot now where there are technology and open standards coming out to help us solve our security problems, specifically around identity. We've wanted to get rid of the password for a long time. That was one of the key initiatives around PIV many years ago. And I think standards like FIDO2, WebAuthn, and some of these things that a lot of us are, are moving very quickly to adopt and kind of mold into what enterprises can actually deploy and use will be critical over the next two to five years. Terrific. Well, I'm afraid we have to leave it there. Sean Frazier, thank you so much for joining us to talk about securing a remote federal workforce today. And thanks to Duo Security for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization and security in government on fedscoop.com or subscribe to our FedScoop radio channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.